Hello and welcome to another episode of Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter, and James isn't here. That's why I have to open the show and I sound terrible, but it's fine. In James's place, though, we have Cameron. Hey, how's it going? He's the new guy at the store. He's filling in for James. So excited to be here. Yay. <laughs> You're new to podcasts, so this will be interesting. First podcast ever. Hey, man. Exciting, exciting. You can be on whenever you want. Just let us know, and uh, we'll throw you in there. we got Love and Thunder coming up next week. But before that, this week, we're going to be talking about Thor, just in time for the movie. But before that, we have some news to talk about. Nothing too crazy, mostly DC, so you might not be too well-versed in that, because you're the Marvel guy. but (laughs) A Marvel aficionado. You're a Marvelite, as they say. Yeah. So let's just get into the news then real quick. So the trailer for the Battle of the Super Sons uh, movie came out. It doesn't take place in the current DC animated timeline. It's one of those like Batman Ninja style movies where it's a spinoff with a different art style similar to Batman Ninja where it's like a CGI instead of like a 2D animation. It loosely adapts one or two of the Super Sun stories. Okay. But it puts in Starro instead of the other aliens they fought. I'm not too okay. well versed in the Super Sons comics, and they're still ongoing, so it's hard to figure out where they exactly placed it. But it looks super fun, and it's about just Damien and Superboy before he becomes 17. There you go. Uh, fighting Starro and the Justice League and saving the world. Starro's so always cool. Gonna be fun. We love Starro. Giant, giant Starfish. Or giant Starfish. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah, you watch the Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know about Giant Starfish. I do know about Giant Starfish. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's no release date for it yet, but I'm pretty sure it's coming out later this year, if not right. early next year. But I believe it's like they're shooting for like a like after San Diego Comic Con, so a couple right. months. Next little bit of news: we got Ruby Justice League. So a little bit of backstory: Ruby is a pseudo anime style show produced by Rooster Teeth, the guys okay. who do Red versus Blue and, and like the Let's Play stuff. They, they do like Death Battle too, right? Exactly. Yeah. They bought the Death Battle guys, Screw Attack, and now they do it. Still under Screw Attack's title, I think, or Death Battle changed yeah. the channel too. But yeah, they adapt. They took them. So they have this anime called Ruby. It's about um, these pseudo superhero type characters where they have like these magic in them that can be projected through weapons, and then they fight monsters. Okay. DC did a crossover with them. They did two books. They did one of them was it wasn't a crossover per se. It was just a book in that world, titled um, man, what's their mech show called? Oh. Michael B. Jordan's in it. Oh, my God. I'll think about it later. And then they did Ruby Justice League, where it was in the Ruby universe, but the Justice League exists. So Bruce Wayne is part of, like, there's a character named Blake. Okay. She Her, like, race has, like, Bruce Wayne's character in it. Superman is... They, they still keep their somewhat, like, their origins. Like, Superman's a farm boy. Yeah. But instead, he, like, works with Yang's dad or something. So, like, okay. they all know each other loosely. Okay. So they kind of weaved in the Justice League narrative and lore into the Ruby universe. Okay. And now they're putting it into an animated movie. I don't know which anime style they're going to use because they currently use two art styles now. They have the original art style that they use for the Ruby show. And then they have a new art style for a new anime they call, they've just put out called Ruby Icedom or something. Ice Queendom. Something like it, that. Ruby, it's spelled R-W-B-Y, yes, right? correct. Does that like an acronym? Does it stand, it stand for something? So in the universe of the show... It stands for the first letter of their names. It's uh, Ruby, R-U-B-Y, it's Weiss, it's Blake, and it's Yang. Okay. Also, red, white, black, yellow. Okay. They're also, the, the, that's their main color scheme is. Okay. That's what their powers look like. 
They did it with a bunch of other characters. They have like Juniper and there's another one that's not relevant. So Juniper is the only other big one. Okay. So yeah, they're up to like seven or eight seasons now. Okay. Plus two spinoff shows and a chibi version of the show where they like do like little mad style like cartoon things. And what, what like where can I watch that? Like what's that? That's on, on Rooster Teeth first and YouTube. Okay. YouTube. Okay. Yeah, YouTube has most of it. Uh, Crunchyroll has the new anime version though. If you're okay. looking to just get into the anime. But yeah, this has a 2023 release date. But that could either be placeholder until they find a real release date prior to 2023, or obviously it'll come out sometime next year. Yeah. I believe, I didn't see a full trailer, I just saw the announcement and a logo, oh, right. and it's very similar to the logo that they have for the book that's already out, Yeah. but James recently ordered the book for himself, and he's going to be reading it. Uh, we checked it out on the podcast, um, ugh, when did it come out, Three, two, three years ago? Either pre-COVID or right after COVID let us have books again, it came out. Pretty good. I believe, I believe we liked it. I think it was cool how they weave the narratives together. And they used a different Green Lantern than Hal Jordan. They used Jessica Cruz, okay. who was more relevant at the time. Yep. So it was cool they switched up a little bit. So I'm excited to see what they have as a movie. That's cool. I like it when they do crossovers like that. When they yeah, DC likes to take um like not, not take bets. They like to take chances with their animated movies. Like mm -hmm. obviously Batman Ninja was a huge departure yeah. from what they normally do. I, mean, I saw like Superman Red Sun when Yeah, Superman that was the Elseworld story. Yeah. Yeah. They did um Batman Soul of the Dragon, which was a black exploitation film where it was like black kung fu mixed with like okay. jazz music, but Batman's in it. Okay. It's really crazy, really cool. It's got Bronze Tiger and Bruce Lee. Okay. I believe it's Bruce Lee. I don't know who the DC equivalent is. I know Shang-Chi is Marvel, but I don't yeah. remember who the DC equivalent is, but I might straight up Bruce Lee. Yeah. But we'll see. I have yet to watch that one, but it's on the list. Next bit of news, you might be a little bit more versed in. <laughs> we got some Spider-Man news. So Marvel announced a new Spider-Man series because they didn't already just do that. Yeah. Just called Spider-Man. No adjective. Just Spider-Man. No amazing. Just Spider-Man. Yeah. It's being spectacular. Written, it's being written by Dan Slott, who previously did Spider-Man for however long, yeah. and gave up and said no more Spider-Man. And then Mark Bagley doing the art. Bagley's done a bunch yeah. of Spider-Man stuff. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of Bagley. While I like it. I, I, there's better artists he, for Spider-Man. He drew Venom and Carnage. I'm a big symbiote guy. I mean, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I love Mark Bagley. Uh, I think he does better on Venom. I think it's the muscles for Venom. When he yeah. does muscles on Spider-Man, because sometimes Spider-Man's drawn like a twig. Yeah. And sometimes he's drawn he, with like some definition. Yeah. But I think Bagley just gives him a little too much too, for yeah, my taste. Too, too much of a beefcake. Yeah, too much of a beefcake. Venom beefcake, yeah. fine. Carnage beefcake, sure. I like yeah. him spindly, but, but beefy Carnage is fine. I'll yeah. take it. But when you make Spider-Man too buff, he's yeah. not as relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man's supposed to be a That's the name of the game. Spider-Man's yeah. relatable. Spider-Man's like... relatable. That's why he can't, like, drink alcohol. There's, like, a yeah. Marvel rule that he can't hold a solo cup or a beer. I, because it I indicates drinking. But they now changed I've now, never seen Spider-Man without... With any beverage that can be yeah. misconstrued, he's any been sort. drunk like maybe once or twice, but sometimes it's because of like an anti-tox, like a toxin that was okay. put in his body, or spin like non-canonical titles like okay. other universes or books that are like made to be like teen dramas or something. So okay. I believe they've done that there, but he's never been like canonically drunk on purpose. To my knowledge, I haven't read everything yet, but I do plan hey, maybe on Dan Slott can bring back some Spider Verse. We'll get alcoholic <laughs> Peter Parker. Oh no, <laughs> alcoholic yeah. Peter, the vodka man. Yeah. So speaking of which, the so Spider Verse it is supposed to tie into it. It's not supposed to be a direct tie-in, and at least not initially. He does have a new suit. Kind of reminds me of the worldwide suit with like the glowing bug in the eye. Yeah. 
but that could just be what the colorist chose to make the cover look yeah. like. He could not have a different suit. It could that suit could just be only in Spider Verse, and then the main Spider Man book might not touch Spider Verse because Ramita and I want to say Wells or Zub. Who's doing this book now? Yeah, Zeb Wells. He's uh. They might not have the time to tie into Spider Verse, and yeah. Marvel might not want them to because they might have something leading up that doesn't really get Spider Versey. So Dan Slott, creator of the Spider Verse stuff. Yes. Coming back to finish it, it's to end the Spider-Verse. We have a Spider-Verse four or five issue miniseries coming out, and then we have this that ties into it, and then we'll have the end of Spider-Verse, whether it's called Spider-Apocalypse yeah. or Spider-Annihilate. Spider, yeah, spider, some spider and then some sort yeah, of we got world ending. Spider-Geddon. <laughs> yeah. I think Spider-Apocalypse would be cool, but that, would that be could cool. be too it'd be too long. Yeah. Apocalypse is a little couple letters longer than Geddon. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what they call it with Spider something. Last little bit of news. Andor. So, are you a Star Wars guy? I am. There we go. All right. So, you're you're probably not as crazy as I am when it comes to timeline keeping. I got a Google Doc. I've talked about it on the show. Yeah, I tell customers not. they look at me like I'm a weirdo cuz I am. It's fine. But there's a Spider uh, Spider-Man. There's a Star Wars timeline that I put together. And Andor decides to go make it annoying for me to put it on the list. <laughs> so, initially, when Andor was first announced, it was announced for five or six seasons. Yeah. Because they wanted to use each year from episode one to episode six to bridge the gap of Andor's journey as a resistance slash rebel agent mm-hmm. up until when he dies in Rogue One. Okay. Eventually, it got chopped down to three seasons. <laughs> now, two years a season? <laughs> Maybe. No. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. So, season one... They announced will take place over the course of one year. Okay. You know, fair enough. Obi-Wan Kenobi takes place over the course of seven days. It's like Obi's big week. Yeah. But, you know, Andor will take over the place course of a year. Sure, whatever. The shows do it all the time. That's fine. Season two, they announced what the timeline is going to be for this. It's going to take place over four years. Oh. Just season two. They said each episode block will be a year. So it's going to be 12 episodes. Okay. Each of them, three episodes are going to be a year. So it's going to be one, two, three. Year time skip for each one. Okay. Meaning that season three is probably just going to be the course of a year. If not, a couple months that lead into what we're going to so see. What we really... see his beginning is in Rogue One where he's like getting the plans from that guy and he shoots him in the back. So they're he, doing yeah, his... a pretty decent speed up there in yeah. the middle. The, the middle chunk is going to be like, and I also think it's going to be like cameo central where we okay. see like, we'll see Jyn Erso. Not that they meet because they don't meet until the first time then, but we can mm. see like them pop up. Yeah. Chirrut and Bays. We can see Bodhi. We can see... We don't have to, but we probably will. Yeah. They said K2 is not going to show up until season two. Okay. Meaning he'll come in at some point during those four, four years. It could be any time. It could be any time during that. Yeah. But uh, they're, they filmed season one. It's all done. They said they're starting filming season two in... I want to say September. One of the Scars... Sarsguards? Scarsguards? The guy who played the really big guy in Dune. I don't know if you saw Dune on HBO Max. I saw part of it. So there's like this big... The big bad guy is like a big yeah. fat guy who, not, who floats. Not not Pennywise. No, that's... <laughs> that's it, the it, other... either his dad or his okay. brother. I forget. Okay, but, They're like a family of actors. And he floats too. But you'll, you'll know, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so yeah. So um, one of the Scars guards... I think it was Alexander. He plays um like one of the rebel leaders. He's yeah. a blonde guy who's hanging out with Mon Mothma and Rogue okay. He's that guy. Got it. He's supposed to be in the show a decent amount. He said he's filming. He's, he talked about it a while ago. We talked about it on the podcast. He's like, yeah, we're already filming season two after we finish up Dune. 
And I'm like, okay, I get sure. We didn't even get season one, but sure, Greenlight is season two for Andor, whatever. As much as I like the character and I love Rogue One, he was not my favorite character yeah, I, in that series. Like, neither was Jin. I like Jin, but she wasn't my favorite. She didn't have does, too much. Does to Obi Wan do. have a confirmed season three? Obi Wan, you mean two? Oh, oh, did they have a confirmed season? I assumed no. if Andor had a season two confirmed, <laughs> Obi Wan must. No, Obi Wan is rumored to have a season two okay. and rumored to have a Reva spinoff. Okay. But none of that's been confirmed, just rumors. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised just because it was so popular. It's like yeah. the most viewed thing on Disney Plus ever. Yeah. So, and it, it's only six episodes. <laughs> yeah. The only problem is uh, with this stop doing six episodes, Disney. Stop. Andor is doing 12 for a live action show. That's crazy. Do you know, like, how long the episodes are going to be? Don't know. But if they're doing 12, I'm going to assume they're going to be about yeah, like 30, 30 to 40, 40. instead That's of like 40 to 50. Yeah. Like, Marvel shows usually end up being 35 to 55. Kenobi was mostly 40 minutes. One yep. episode was like 30, and then the rest were like about 45 to 50. Yep. But, um, yeah. Bob, Bob Fett had like a 30-minute episode at one point, but then had like a almost an hour. Yeah. So you never know it what we're going to get. kind of evens out sometimes. Andor might have 35, 25, especially because, like I said, they're doing double the length of Kenobi. Yes. They're doing 12 to 13, depending. At least that's what they said originally, and with yeah, the way that they said season two is structured... Each arc will be four years, and they said arcs are three-episode blocks. Makes me think math is 12. That makes so sense. Hopefully we'll get that, which means we'll have a total of 36 episodes total by the end of Andor's run, which will be the longest live-action Disney show, because yeah. uh, Mando only does eight. We're up yeah. to 16 for the Mando stuff, and we'll have 36 in, Ma in Andor Season 3. And so. Andor's going to be the one to get that. <laughs> I mean, hey. I'm not an Andor hater, but... A lot of rumors say that Andor is going to be um, not just an Andor show, but also a yeah. Rebels show. Sabrina was talking about how he's barely in the trailer, and I'm like, first of all, he's in the trailer the whole time. <laughs> but I can understand where she's coming from, because it shows, like, Mon Mothma, it shows yeah. Tom Mayer, it shows, like, all the other Rebels characters that were in the movie, obviously, besides the main cast. Yeah. So I could see that we can get spotlights on some of them, explaining the rest of the Rebels before Rebels, the show, and then, obviously, Rogue One in Episode 4. Yeah, I ho I'm hoping we get more like kind of like Rogue One was kind of where we well, kind of see like the people. Yeah, you know, I mean that. But I'm assuming it's gonna be like what it seems it'll be like. But we shall see. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Like I said, I like Andor. He's not my favorite guy. My favorite was Baze Malbus and Chirrut. Those are my boys. If they show up in the show, it'd be amazing. I read their uh, manga version of the book, Guardian of the Wills. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. It's just them on Jeddah doing charity stuff and then they save some kids because cool. the empire's bad empire <laughs> bad that's the moral of the story here empire bad. empire bad so very cool stuff but yeah there's not really a lot of news to talk about this week kind of ran through a little bit of it because cam doesn't know too much about the dc stuff and yeah. also it's just like a light week like uh netflix released the first image of their ultraman film not the anime they're doing but a different ultraman film which okay. is an anime style uh, they, Batman 125 came out, so every news article is talking about the spoilers <laughs> for that book, so it's kind of hard to, like, talk about anything else. Stranger Things just ended, so everyone is also talking about that. Yep. So it's hard to get actual news that isn't, like, things you missed in Stranger Things, or do you, can you believe that Tim Drake got shot? It's like, <laughs> spoilers, by the way. <laughs> I might have to cut that out. Yikes. It's all good. You'll read Batman. Yeah, read the, read the book first. Read the book. Yeah, read the book. It's all good. Uh, every news article's been talking about it. Yeah. So I hope I didn't spoil it for you guys. And if I did, read the book. 
But yeah, man, news is really weird this week. Plus, it, it's going to be weird for the next couple weeks because San Diego Comic-Con is coming up. Yeah. So all the outlets are saving their huge bits of news for San Diego Comic-Con. We'll probably get a Ruby Justice League trailer during that point. We'll probably get a trailer for the other Marvel movies that are coming out because we know Marvel Studios is going to be there, but not the company, like the comics. Yeah. They said they're skipping, and I was like, okay. <laughs> DC is probably going to do another fandom, but they haven't announced it yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just do a mini fandom at the panel. Because when fandom first came out back in 2020 or 2021, 2020, they did a 24-hour like block of, or like 48 hours across two days, block of announcements all over the place. And last year it was like 16 hours, and most yeah. of them were boring panels from fans. For like, not from fans, but for fans, like yeah. community stuff, which isn't bad. Community is great, but... Comparing it to Fandom from the first time, it's yeah. kind of lackluster. Because we just saw Black Adam. Cool. And then we saw a Peacemaker trailer, but we were like, we knew we were... Yeah. <laughs> so. Or no, we saw it. We saw the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad trailer, because the Suicide Squad came out like a week after Fandom. Yes. That's what it was. <sighs> so yeah, not really a lot of lose news until San Diego Comic-Con, but once that comes, we'll have so much news. It'll be nonstop news that day. <laughs> and sometimes when there's too much news, we don't do a topic, but we'll see. Uh, we have some stuff in the pipeline that we're going to be talking about. Obviously, spoiler cast for Marvel. We'll have John on for that. But right now, to lead up into Love and Thunder, we're talking about Thor. Talking about the history of Thor, some publication history, some stories, and our personal favorites, which happen to be very similar to the same thing. <laughs> so, you know, but that's also because we're both modern readers. This is like the True. millennial version of the Androids podcast. Yeah. Instead of having Grandpa and Young Guy, we got two young guys. Yeah. So we started with Marvel Now. Yeah. Obviously, I've, I mean, my first book was Donny Cates Venom, so. <laughs> and that's like 2018. Yeah. So you're like a baby, baby. I yeah. started in 2012. You're a 2018 guy. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> you hope I didn't lose any credibility there. <laughs> as long as you know what you're talking about, you'll be fine. It's a good place to start 2018, though. They had a lot of stuff going on. You're in the middle of the, you're at the, right at the back end of the Jason Aaron run. Yeah. Thor, so you got a little bit of that stuff. Yeah, I think I got like King Thor when it. Yeah, King Thor. That was that actually got delayed for a bit. That was supposed to come out right around the time that Jane Foster was still Thor. Spoilers, it's Jane Foster now. Uh, <laughs> but you know that. Where is... There we go. Nope, that's the God of Thunder. Yeah, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page. I didn't have it set up prior because I'm bad at my job. Come on. So yeah, Thor... What are your opinions on Thor before I find the new... Before I find the Wikipedia article? Uh, I love Thor. Thor's the best. What do you think about his movies? Um, Thor 1, I liked. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I liked the whole kind of fish out of water, and then he kind of, the classic story, he gets sent down to Midgard, um, has to become humble, he thinks he's all this cracking giants with his hammer all the time, loses it, and now he has to become worthy again to be able to lift Mjolnir. I liked it. I liked Hawkeye was in it. That was cool that at was the time. Cool. That was cool. At the time, we were like, no way, is that Hawkeye? <laughs> is there an Avengers movie coming? Not No way. Yeah. I, I just rewatched Captain America: The First Avenger because I was I was doing the Disney Plus timeline thing. Yeah, the end credit scene for Captain America. There's two. It's the first. I believe it's one of the first times they ever did two. But the yeah. second end credit scene, I'll get to. The first one is him punching the speed uh, the sandbag, mm -hmm. which we see loosely in the Avengers movie, or at least him punching doing more boxing. But then Nick Fury approaches him and goes, "I got it. I got an initiative for you." <laughs> and then the second end credit scene is legitimately a trailer for Avengers. Yeah, it's like weird it's like poorly edited and it's like a little cringy how it like presents itself because it was 2012 yeah so well, it's 2011 movie with a 2012 trailer 
But also, the movie was filmed, you know, 2010-ish mm-hmm. when it came, it came out in 2011. So, who knows how old that footage was or what test footage they had. But, yeah. man, that end credit scene looks really weird. <laughs> and it teases almost nothing. <laughs> it's just like, Avengers is coming. Very weird. Yeah, but the end credit scenes, I don't remember for the Thor movies. But we'll get to the movies in a sec. Right now, we got to talk about Thor. So, first appearing in Journey into Mystery, number 83, in 1962. He was created by Stanley Lee, uh, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Oh, geez. Jack Kirby, the man. <laughs> uh, he was obviously based off the Norse mythological character, the Asgardian god of thunder, Thor, his enchanted hammer, Milnir. And then he's just has very similar attributes to what Thor had, except probably a little bit more enhanced durability, or less, actually, because gods are weird in certain aspects. Yeah. But in the comics, he's able to die, so we'll see. And obviously with Gore the God Butcher coming out in the movie and with the show, gods can be killed. But he joined up with the Avengers back whenever. We'll get to it in a sec. But yeah, man, Thor, when he first debuted, he didn't have, I feel like he didn't have like a huge following at the beginning. Personally, this is just me riffing. I don't remember him having a huge popularity boost back in the day. And the only Thor properties we had were like he appeared in like the Hulk TV show mm-hmm. and he looked like really bad. Yeah, I'm he had not... like a huge hammer and like a brown suit, and it looked really weird. I'm I'm not a all right. This might be a little bit of a hot take. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Thor's original costume. Oh, the... I don't like the boots at all. The, the big <laughs> high yellow boots. Yeah, I don't like the boots at all. The tiger stripe boots. I, um, I the helmet's the... cool. Yeah, I'm guessing your probably cape's cool. favorite Thor costume, besides the more modern stuff, is probably the one where he has like the silver armor. With, like, the black leather thing across. Yeah. yeah. 2011-ish. More of a... Yeah, that or, like, the, the straight Viking... Story? Viking Thor. Oh, okay. Thor. Viking Thor. Yeah. In yeah, 2011, they had... um Not 2011. Whenever they did... 2008. They did the um Ultimate Run. Was that 06? Ultimate Comics is weird. Thor had a tank top with four, like, metal things on his chest. Mm. Long hair. Like, <laughs> rock star hair. And he was wearing leather, like, pants and boots. <laughs> And he had the the hammer had like the axe bit on the end. That's that that's that Thor. So that was like metal ass. Thor. Yeah, that, that was like because awesome. Ultimate Comics was like the edgier version. Yeah, they had a little bit more adult storylines. They killed off characters more often in more gruesome ways. Look at Ultimatum where and there was Blob sp- eats Wasp, and yeah. then Hank Pym bites Blob's head off. It gets a little much. And there was much. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, <laughs> and was... Wolverine, who's yeah. almost their dad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we don't talk about the Ultimate Universe yeah. until we do. Donny Kate said he'll bring it back eventually. Oh. So, writers for the character, we had Stanley, who wrote the uh, not the most issues, but he was the first one. Jerry Conway popped in for a bit. Roy Thomas, Bill Mandlo, Len, Lee, Len Wein, or Wine, Ralph Macchio, but not the Karate Kid, the <laughs> one who writes the comics. Doug Munch, Walt Simonson, that's the big one. Walt Simonson didn't do a huge run on Thor. He kept coming back, though. He did uh, 337 to 355, 357 to 369, from 371 to 382. He did his Stormbreaker run where he introduced Beta Ray Bill, but mm-hmm. we'll get to some of that. And then big artists, Dan Jurgens, Chris Priest, uh, Michael Straczynski, Karen Gillen, Matt Fraction. I'm sorry, those are all writers. Uh, Jack Kirby, John Buscema, Walt Simonson also did some of the art. Ramita Jr., uh, Oliver Copiel. Uh, God of Thunder, which is the one we'll probably both be talking about, was Isad Ribic, which I believe was one of his original, not original books, but like his big draw into his the breakout big draw. Yeah. yeah. 
into the universe, obviously with the covers especially. And yeah. they did most of the Eternals covers or they did most of the Conan covers, but did Eternals interiors. They're still around. They're doing great work. So debuting in the Silver Age uh, comic books back in Journey into Mystery, number 83, was created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. He starred in several ongoing series and limited series and also appeared in the Avengers. He's got television shows, films, video games, toys. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth portrays him in the cinematic in the MCU with Thor, Thor Dark World, all the Avengers movies, and Thor Ragnarok, and Thor Love and Thunder coming out this week. And he also he voices him in the What If show. Oh, does he? Two or three, yeah, those two or three episodes okay. that he's in there, he's voicing Thor. Uh, let's do a little bit of his, a little more deeper into the publication history. Um, so obviously appearing in Journey to Mystery 83, uh, a different version predates this. He, the myth, the more mythological version of the Thor based off the gods actually appeared in Venus number 12 and 13 in February okay. and April 1951. I don't know if these were Marvel based, but I know that they, yeah, they were Marvel. So, um, it's weird that we got the early Thor where it's like based off the God, and then we have the Marvel version of Thor. Yeah. But they this is 10 years apart, 11 years apart. It's crazy. <laughs> so they were like, oh, let's do the God of Thunder again. Yeah, but let's do our own version. <laughs> that God story. of Thunder wasn't, yeah. that one wasn't cool enough. And then Stanley described Thor's genesis early on in 2002, uh, following the creation of the Hulk. Uh, he, he's quoted as the saying... Um, how do you make someone stronger than the strongest person? You make him a god. Yeah. So he was like, who do we use to fight the Hulk at some point? We need Thor to fight Hulk, because yeah, Hulk, if Hulk is really strongest there is, yeah. who He's... beats who beats a strong human? Yeah. Or turns into a monster. A god with a giant hammer that can't be lifted unless you're worthy. And Hulk, it's hard to be worthy, especially when they reintroduce Bruce Banner's backstories <laughs> to where it's like, who? Yeah, I really don't think the yes. immortal Hulk would be worthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack Kirby actually said that back in DC Comics, he did a, uh, back in the 50s, he did a version of Thor. Yeah. Not too similarly to what they did with Marvel, but similar enough to where he had to, like, drastically do some rehauling before the pitch actually went through. Because, mm -hmm. obviously, like I said, Thor is not just a Marvel character. Yeah, Thor is a mythological god, got... Norse god, blah, blah, blah. He, he, he's <laughs> Lots found... of stories yeah. Before, yeah. before Marvel. Exactly. So, D's, so Jack Kirby doing a Thor story, yeah. you know, works. Walt Simonson actually created a comic book called Ragnarok, which is just what he wanted his Thor run to be, but Marvel told him no. Okay. At the end of his storyline, he wanted to kill Thor and then do the Ragnarok storyline, but closely relate it to more of the Norse version of it with using the Marvel characters like yeah. Loki's version, like the Marvel version of Loki and whoever else they had, including Beta Ray Bill at some point. Yeah. Marvel told him no. He launched his own book called Ragnarok, which... Obviously, the costumes are different, but he plays more into the Norse version yeah. instead of the Asgardian version. But it launched, a, I think it's like four or five volumes of that in total over the course of these last couple years. And there was actually a recent one that came out a couple years ago. Uh, where it was either rehashings or old stories that Walt never ever got to produce. But still cool to see. Uh, the Mighty Thor. It was a, After the initial debut, there was a 13-page feature called The Mighty Thor where Stanley continued the plot of Dragon to Mystery because... A lot of those old stories like Amazing Fantasy and The Journey to Mystery and Adventures into Fear, I think, was one of them. They're all books similar to Detective Comics yeah. that were just doing stories that didn't always tie into each other. They were just mostly anthological or anthology stories. Yeah. Journey to Mystery became Thor, right? Yes. Yeah. Same how, um, which one's Doctor Strange? 
Adventure into Fear, I believe, became Doctor Strange after right. like a hundred issues, and then it was like Doctor Strange number one. Yeah. So Morbius actually headlined Adventures into Fear or whatever one of the monster ones. He debuted in Spider Man, then he went to his own book in Adventures into Fear. He had like seven or eight issues before he got his own solo book or team book in Midnight Suns or whatever. There's a little tidbit there for you for yeah. Morbhead. Any Morbheads out there? Just for those Morbheads, yeah. yeah. We know our audience, those Morbies, <laughs> the Morbheads. So, yeah, so a lot of those characters, like Spider-Man, when they're sleeper hits, because yeah. obviously they make these things so early and then they push them out and they don't expect them to be popular. Characters it's... like Batman, Superman, oh, to be fair, Superman debuted in Action Comics number one. Yes. But, you know, Spider-Man in 15 and then yep. Thor in 83, they just took what they could and ran, and ran with yeah, it. Yeah, it was like if something gets popular, you know. Yeah. You you keep writing it. <laughs> you go into it. Yeah, Howard the Duck, not as popular as those characters. Howard the Duck appeared in, I think, Adventures into Fear or just Fear. Like 23, it was when Man-Thing was the main character. All right. And he was not a huge hit, but people were interested in what his story was. So after him appearing in two or three issues of Man-Thing, he got his own book where Steve Gerber, you know, yeah. took it off. So similarly to this, Thor was popular. So Stanley continued some of the story they were telling in that book. Because yeah. obviously this didn't happen until like a couple issues later. So they see 83 sales and they're like, oh, we should expand on this. <laughs> so by the time 86 comes out, for example, they're like, all right, here's 13 more pages of this character. Yeah. And eventually continued to take off where he started becoming more prominently in um, Journey to Mystery 101, which is in 64, two years later. The series just started being Thor related for the longest time. And then by issue 179, it was just retitled to Thor 179 because <laughs> Thor was such a huge influence in the journey to mystery books, introducing Loki and more of his characters. They were just like, it's a Thor book, I guess. Yeah, sure. Here we go. Thor now. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> so after that in, um, well, before it was retitled, Thor actually appeared in Avengers in 1963 after the 13 page featurette. And after, I think he appeared in one more journey to mystery book. They put him into the Avengers, which, Obviously, Iron Man, Captain America, yeah. Wasp, Ant-Man, Hulk. They threw all their popular characters yeah. and then Ant-Man and the Wasp and then made them into their own book. So the Avengers. Ant-Man and the Wasp. He was founding, <laughs> the founding member of the team and he's been in almost every single volume of the Avengers series since. But back in 1963 again, Mishmash, Journey to Mystery number 97 followed. Um, this is where they debuted the Thor logo. That would they would start using in issue one hundred four. Yep. Only four months later, five months later, because they put out a bunch of books. So yeah, man, Thor got really popular really fast. Obviously, not as fast as Spider Man, who quickly launched into his own series yeah. after like just debuting in one book. I think he was in one other book after that, and then it was like Spider Man Century, baby. Yeah, Spider Man is gonna Spider Man. Because Captain America took him forever to get his own book. He appeared in like Tales of Suspense. I want to say, like, ooh, is it 100? It's in there somewhere. It's over in, uh, is it 75? Uh, but it took him, like, 15 or so issues of him teaming up with Iron Man before he got his own book, and it was just Tales of Suspense, and then eventually it became Captain America. Yeah. So certain characters, like Thor and Cap, took a little bit longer to get their own title, but... Thor still eventually got his, obviously, with the retitling in 179. Not everyone could be Spider-Man. Exactly. Not everyone could be as relatable as Spider-Man. He can't relate to yeah, a god. A god. <laughs> yeah. So after Jack Kirby left the title in uh, issues 180 and 181, Neil Adams took over, and then John Buscemi joined as the regular artist afterwards. Or Bushima, I'm sorry. He continued to draw it until, <laughs> without interruption, 
for almost 100 issues straight. 278, there's a little bit of an interruption, uh, but I believe he took over later on. And then uh, other care, other writers and artists started dropping in. Because once Stanley s- stopped scripting after Jack Kirby left, Bushima's long stint of the books were just kind of written by whoever was around. So Bushima was just kind of like the Thor guy for a bit. And then they ended up switching him out for uh, Keith Pollard. Back in the 70s, he started appearing in some magazines, including Marvel Preview 10, just to give us more outlook onto the stories that weren't really, you know, able to be put into the books or that were just like sketch stories. Then, like I was saying before about Walt Simonson, he took over in 1983 for issue 337. His story placed a greater emphasis on the character's mythological mythological origins, and he also um, was the one of the last writer artists that did it by themselves. Yeah, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson recently took over that, not with a Thor book, but with but, um, Beta Ray Bill. Okay. He did like writer and art. Yep. Uh, this is where they introduced Beta Ray Bill in a uh, what is it, issue three eighty two? What issue was it? Was they introduced three thirty seven? Was it that three thirty eight? Anyway, they introduced Beta Ray Bill. We're not talking about him though; he's not Thor. <laughs> So, you can quiz me on that. You can grill me on that later. <laughs> I'm not talking about him too much. But yeah, they introduced Beta Ray Bill, who was a, uh, which was a successful character, and that run was one of the best ones. Uh, Simonson's story, later stories after that were drawn by uh, Sal Bushima, uh, who said that Simonson's stories were very stimulating and it was a pleasure working on them. He said he had a lot of great ideas and took Thor in a different direction than Stanley and um, he did Jack the, Kirby had. Simonson did the Surtur Saga too, right? Uh, I believe so. You'd probably know more. Think, You're more of a I Thor guy than think. I am. <laughs> um, Simon said he felt like the series was due for a change in a creative direction when he chose to leave, and he wanted to reduce his workload because he was like the guy yeah. for a while. <laughs> After his departure as Marvel's editor-in-chief, Tom DeFalco became the writer. Well, yeah, Tom DeFalco, the editor-in-chief, became the writer, with Ron Friends uh, penciling the book until 459. And then Heroes Reborn happened. (laughs) Uh, Heroes Reborn happened in the 80s. And Thor was removed from the mainstream Marvel continuity. Gone. With other characters reimagined in an ultimate universe for one year. The Thor title was reverted to Journey into Mystery with issue 503. And ran four different sequential features. Including The Lost Gods, Master of Kung Fu, Black Widow, and Hannibal King. Before ceasing publication with 521 in 1998. Because... Here is Reborn. If you know, you know. We talked about it at some point. Uh, when the characters returned to the mainstream Marvel Universe, Thor was relaunched with Thor Volume 2 Number 1 in 1998. And then as of issue 36, he used dual numbering to contribute to the old series as well as the new series, so they were labeled 36 and 358 around 2001. Dan Jurgens wrote about 79 issues with him and Mike Oming completing the series later on. Third volume had Sinkevich in 2007. Uh, with Kieran Gillen taking over in 604, Gillen had a decent run. Uh, Matt Fraction took over the series in 615. And to coincide with the Thor film, Marvel launched a number of series that included Thor books, including Thor the Mighty Avenger, Thor First Thunder, Thor for Asgard, and Iron Man slash Thor, as well as the main Thor book. So when the first Thor movies dropped, they were like, Thor Nation! Yeah. Thor Mania! Let's go! And I understand you want to promote your book, yeah. but it also gave Thor like a huge spotlight, because he yeah. only had his like main titles, and then like, he appeared in Thor and then Avenger, yep. Yeah. So him getting like four or five different books, talking about his origin, talking about his future, talking about his side characters, is very cool. To see yeah, I, I, I'm definitely here for it. Yeah? <laughs> Thor's sick. Well, they got a lot of Thor characters, man. 
they have too many. It's because they're all based off the gods. Yeah, and, you, you know, have the Warriors three, and then yep. Lady Sif. You have Loki, obviously being a huge player in a lot of his roles. Even Hella in now is around. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Norse mythology is a mess. Norse mythology is one of the best ones, though. <laughs> it happens to be a mess, but it's also the best one, and also the most fun to draw yeah. from. Yeah. You'll see Assassin's Creed Valhalla and yeah. a lot of other things. God of War like, Ragnarok. Exactly. God of War that just yeah. came out, God of War 4, and then God of yeah. War Ragnarok's going to come out. Yeah, they're just like Norse mythology. It's because it's the most fun and involves magic as well as yeah. just, you know, not science, but yeah. with, with, with old-timey Vikings. Because Vikings are fun. Yes, Vikings are cool. I mean, not super cool. They're cool. Because they did a lot of bad stuff for a bit. But we don't talk about that. So in 2011, right around the time the movies came out, the Thor book once again reverted to its original title, Journey to Mystery. Because, fuck, why not? With, with, <laughs> the mystery uh, with the issue title of Thor will be. <laughs> Reuniting writer Kieran Gillen with artist Braithwaite. With the series um, starring Thor's brother Loki as more of the main character. Mm. While the ongoing series, The Mighty Thor, had Matt Fraction on it, which became the Thor book. It only lasts about 22 issues, though. Then in October 2012, that's when they were like relaunching everything with the new Marvel Now. Uh, after Thor becoming a regular team member in the Uncanny Avengers, Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic took over in 2012-2013 to launch Thor God of Thunder. The first, and the first story arc was voted as the 8th highest Thor story of all time, based off commonwinner.com. Can't say I agree, but I... Yeah, I think it's a little higher, but I've yeah. read all of Thor, so it's understandable. True, also true. I haven't read all of Thor, but it's understandable, but... It was good. But it was also <laughs> only the first volume true. of uh, the, the story. The, the, the God Butcher arc, essentially, yeah. was what started it. That was voted the eighth best. Yes. If you would go Jason Aaron's entire 10-year run, that's the best Thor saga of all time. Hmm. At least for me. Walt Simonson did a really great job. Yep. From what I've read, I haven't read all of it yet. I've only read the big stuff, like the Beta Ray Bill stuff. Yes. But, man oh man, is Jason Aaron, like, the god yeah. of Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Donny Cates is great. Yeah, I I like Donny Cates, but... Jason Aaron, man. He just yeah, knows, he just really knows what to do. I think it's the beard. <laughs> I think it's the beard. He's got the, That's he's what getting the, the He's got the influence. wizard stuff. He's yep. got the wizard stuff. In 2014, the third volume of Thor uh, then launched again after the God Butcher arc was only until 11 or 12, I, I think believe. it was 11. Yeah, yeah. it was and like then God then Butcher and then like, God Bomb was yeah, the number a, one through 11. The annual was in there somewhere. Yeah. and uh, But Russell Dodderman took over with Jason Aaron around 2014, and that was when Jane Foster took over. Yeah. So back when Original Sin came out, the event that kind of kicked off the second era of Marvel Now, mm. where the Watcher was killed and... Orb took his eye, and they were exposing all these sins. Thor became unworthy. I forget exactly why. I think it was tied to Angela slash Hela, because yeah. they took that storyline and adapted it loosely. And, like, showing that Odin's wrath, or it was really weird, but Thor got unworthy. Yeah. He dropped the hammer no, on the moon. He left it there. Yeah. At the end of that storyline, we see a mysterious hand pick up the hammer. It cuts. Who could it be? A couple years later, a couple years, a couple months later. The Mighty Thor, Thor number one, comes out, and it's a girl on the cover. And we're like, what the, what the, what the, what the? A lot of people thought it was Lady Sif. After one year, logical. after one year of them not saying who it was, it's revealed to be Jane Foster, who was in the title the entire time, but she was ridden with cancer. Yes. So they did not, so, so a lot of the right, there were some people who figured it out. 
But unlike I didn't, I didn't figure it out. I wasn't thinking about. it. I thought it was Sif because that's the easiest answer. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Someone who is in the pantheon, who is Thor's friend, you know, who yeah. is ripped, yeah. worthy. You know, it makes it sense. Kinda, you know, but use Melnir. Yeah, who's yeah, who's who's dabbled. <laughs> but the, Jason Aaron dug way deep for this cut. Back in one of the What If stories, there's a What If Jane Foster became Thor, and it was her character's name was Thordis. Yeah. So they kind of he kind of took that idea and kind of ran with it. So the so this is kind of where it gets a little weird for me personally. So Jane Foster had cancer. I forget exactly what it was. I want to say it was either breast cancer or brain cancer, yes. but I couldn't be positive. It's been a while. I haven't reread yeah. it in a bit. I plan on rereading it soon once I check out um, the movie to get myself revamped into it. But she had cancer and she was in remission. She was like yes. kind of she was beating it. She was getting chemo, yep. but. Every time she went into Jane Foster Thor mode, when she was Thor, all of the chemo would leave. Yes. So she'd go back into being heavily... Right when she drops the hammer, she gets riddled with it again. And, yes. and it hurts so much, she would describe it as. So she... Every time she becomes Thor, she yeah. has all the progress she's made. With. Yeah. All be gone. Yeah. So she was like, do I save myself or do I be Thor full time? She's yeah. like... Is there enough time for me to have a life with all my friends and my people and live my life, or do I can, can, do I just have to be Thor the whole yeah. time? Do I have to get rid of Jane Foster? Exactly. Eventually, she ended up beating cancer. That wasn't until I want to say halfway through the Mighty Thor run. So, like I said, 2015, She Thor, Lady Thor, took over, just titled Thor. And it ran for, I want to say, 14 issues before it was retitled into the Mighty Thor because Marvel likes to just <laughs> relaunch every couple years. Yeah, they did, it was like those. Marvel Marvel Now, but the logo was like smashed. So it was you like Marvel Point One or something. Yeah. It's where Kamala Khan first made her appearance and then she ran the book new readers. On. Yeah, you got to pull in the new readers, yeah. the new number ones. It is what it is. It got you with Venom. It did. You got it a did. Venom number one. You're like... Just jump into the middle of a story, even though it was a fresh start. Yeah. You know, you didn't know the, the full history of Venom at that point, but Very you knew true. enough about him from ancillary yeah. media, I assume. Yes. Spider-Man Spider cartoons. Spider -Man. Did you watch any Spider-Man cartoons? I, I had seen some, but I mean, Spider-Man 3, I mean... Yeah. Spider-Man 3, peak Venom. Yeah, the, the cinematic masterpiece that is <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Oh, man. Thank you, Sam Raimi. Hey man, it's it's still not a bad movie, honestly. It's, oh, it's 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 got its poor it's moments. Got a special spot in my heart. Yeah, it's got its poor moments, but overall, it's like a solid, like a six or a seven. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not as good as Spider-Man Two. No. So back in 2016, Marvel launched an ongoing series. Well, it was announced as an ongoing, but it only ended up being five issues. Called the Unworthy Thor. Jason Aaron was bringing Odinson back. Not yep. that he was gone necessarily, but he was coming back into the fold as Thor soon. Yes. He ended up making his own weapon or gave Thor or gave Jane Foster a different hammer. It was really weird. Yeah. He got his axe. So when he was unworthy, he would show up in the Thor books every once in a while to hang out with Jane Foster as Donald Blake or as yeah. himself. And he was just complaining about not being worthy anymore and wanted to work on himself, but he didn't want to get the hammer just because he wanted it. It was kind of like when they were humbling him in from the movie. Yeah. Kind of loosely took a little bit of what they were doing there to yeah. bring it back in. And he eventually just started teaming up with Jane Foster's version of Thor. And then when it was revealed to be Jane, he was more inclined to help and yeah. do Thor stuff instead of pouting. He pouted for a couple <laughs> issues. So the series followed the original Thor, who now refers to himself as Odinson. This is the unworthy Thor. Yeah. As he tries to find his purpose after relinquishing his name and title to Foster. Aaron stated that the series finds Odinson in a dark place where he failed uh, for a reason we still don't quite understand. And why he dropped the hammer and he won't be able to pick it up. 
So it was pretty dark and desperate. And then, 2020, Donny Cates. Thor Volume 6 debuted with writer Donny Cates. And I want to say, oh man, who was the artist? Do you remember? I want to say. Was it, I Nick? Don't... was it Nick Klein? It might have been. I want to say it's it Nick been. Klein. They debuted in 2020 with it's right after the ever. events of. Oh, shit, it might be in there. I think right, we have it right here. Yeah, it's right, Thor 2. Yeah, Nick Klein. Got it. Right after the events of. Uh, War of the Realms, which is Jason Aaron's huge epic that he was telling that tied back to gore. It brought back Malekith that had all the nine realms or ten realms or whatever realms involved. Every single character had a tie-in or yep. was on a team in some way, shape, or form. It was huge. It was Marvel's big mega event. We actually covered it on the show. It was one of our first and only recaps that we ever did. <laughs> we do want to do more wrap-ups, but we're just lazy. I think we have Alice and Powers of X as well. I want to do Dark Crisis. Hold us to it. But, so... War of the Realms is this huge thing that Jason Aaron was planning, and then the last book Jason Aaron did was King Thor, which kind of ended Thor's life as a as as a whole, similar to how Tom King got to finish his Batman story in Batcat, yeah. where he ended his saga in a spin-off book. Yeah. But that didn't have you know, that still had Donny Cates running the show after his popularity on Venom. There's actually a, a little bit of an aside. Donny Cates has talked about this before. Donny Cates was hired to write Thor before he was hired to write Venom. Donny Cates back in ooh, 2016 was hired by Marvel as the next Thor writer. But because Jason Aaron's book was doing so well, <laughs> they held him off for so long. And he just did like mini stories. Yeah. And then he was like, I got a story for Venom if I could do it. Yeah. And they were like, sure. And obviously the well, Venom story yeah. made Venom going for... Made Venom a, a, from a like a tier three character yep. to one of the best selling books every month. Yes, can you the Venom outsold Batman and Spider Man every other month? It was insane. So bringing him back in to do Thor, those books sold exceptionally exceptionally well as well. Yeah, in my opinion, they weren't as great as Jason Aaron, but he's still in the middle of his saga, so I'm not going to count it out. He could easily knock it out of the park. His first three arcs so far were very good. Yep. I'm not caught up on whatever's going on now. He's fighting like Hulk and Galactus or whatever. Yeah. Donny Cates is taking over Hulk. Yeah. But I remember the first arc, he was Herald of Galactus. Yes, that was cool. I like that a lot. Cool. That and then cool. he fought like... There was... Oh, was he fought like some like dark creature, like dark dark something, black yeah, something? Like the... the like, it, I forgot what it was called. It wasn't... The was it like Black Winter? It was, yeah, Black Winter. Like, something, something like that. that yeah. yeah, something like that Black Winter. Yeah. And then the third arc, or maybe the fourth arc, brought back Donald Blake. Yeah. Like a super evil, crazy wizard yep. man. So this ties back to his his alter ego. Yeah. So back in the day, everybody needed alter egos. Yeah. They poke fun at it in the Thor movie as well. But every back in the day, everybody needed to know like, everybody needs a secret identity. Yep. So instead of Thor just walking around being Thor, he would tap his hammer, and he'd become Donald Blake, a doctor yep. who had a cane, and he, when he would <laughs> tap it, he would become Thor. Donny Cates, you've probably read, you read most of it. I've only yes. dabbled. Yeah. Well, how do they explain Donald Blake in the new Thor run? So, I mean, it's been a while since I read it. It seems like when they traded places, they were different people. They kind how, of how, made how, him, like, like, almost like he was in his head and released. So, like, Thor of. would, like, take his body? Well, they had separate bodies. It was almost mm -hmm. kind of like he got let 
out. I forgot who let him out. Probably the all black, the all the Black Winter or whatever. So yeah, I forgot. It might. Oh, I think they literally said it was like the God of Hammers, which is like the spirit that mm. like. And well, we'll get to that. Whatever's a, a Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah, but the kind of possessed Mjolnir, which was like this like eternal storm type thing. I think it ended up being that that's who kind of let him out, mm. and he just was yeah just running amok doing. Annoying Thor killing people, you know, bad yeah. things. And then a lot of the covers made him look like a crazy man. Yeah. Crazy yeah. wizard man. So from what I gathered from it, and I could be wrong, and based off what I, you just told me, it seems like he... The, it's not that they shared a body. It's just no. that it was like Thor's, like, almost another personality. Who yeah. Would, like, tap into to become a person. But it had to be someone's body, so maybe they took, like, a person who was, yeah, like... Yeah, I remember I don't the know, beginning, was, there was, like, some dude... That yeah. was just like in the middle of the 2020 desert. was too long ago. Yeah. And I think that it's been a long two years. And I think that story even came out in 2021, but it's still been a long time. Yeah. There's too many books that are coming out. Too much shit's going on. Yeah. So, but yeah, Donny Cates is the current writer of Thor. I think he only took a one issue break. I forget what it was. It might've been in the middle of one of the events. I believe he took a break. Yeah, all right. yeah. Might, yeah, I think I'm Cullen sure. Bunn might have written like one. Or oh, Venom. either way, okay. I know someone took over in the middle of uh, the Thor run to do one or two issues. Okay. Don't quote me on it, <laughs> but I remember there being people questioning Donnie if he was leaving Thor, and he's like, "No, I'm just gone for an issue or two. Relax, I'm still gonna do it. I just didn't yeah. do the tie-ins or whatever." Sometimes that happens. Okay. Dan Slott's Fantastic Four run will be interrupted by David Popose, who will be writing um, a two-issue story that ties into. Whatever event they're going to do. <laughs> I think Reckoning War? I think it's Reckoning War. So David Pose will take over for that while Dan Slott will resume afterwards. So it's similar to how during War of the Realms, Donny Cates didn't write Venom, Colin Bunn wrote those yeah. two or three issues. So, double-edged sword. But Donny Cates is still writing for right now. And from what I can remember, I haven't read the last issue because I'm behind on the Banner War saga or the yeah. Banner War, but I think it's over or it's just ending. It's, and it's, I think that maybe there's one more. Yeah. I think the last one that came out was four or five. Yeah. So there's one or two more stories for that. I As much as the his Hulk run is a little weird, it's a little weird. his Thor run is still really good. Yeah. So. And I don't hate the Hulk run. It's the problem was it's, it's it, a little it, it comes off of it comes off of Immortal Hulk. That's why Immortal Hulk yeah, was revered so highly. Yes, yeah. so that was going to be a hard act to follow, exactly. regardless. So, so shifting, and he definitely took it in a completely yeah. different way. At least he's keeping it up to where Hulk is like a a monster who's like yeah, Hulk is punching the strongest through things. Yeah. yeah, so he's keeping up with that. Obviously, Ryan Otley's on the artwork, and that yeah. is helps after coming off of yes, Invincible, where he's punching holes through people. So. Yeah. Having an artist like that on that book works, mm -hmm. but I don't know how far Donny Cates' Hulk run will go. Not that it's bad, just I don't know how the people will receive it after Mortal Hulk. Yeah. Hopefully Banner War is able to pick up the sales again. I know yeah. it dropped after the first two issues, but that's because Al Ewing <laughs> knocked it out of the park. Yeah. We love Donny Cates, though. You do. So, yeah. Let's talk about our favorite Thor stories. I feel like we kind of loosely we talked about it. Yeah. But, uh, I'll have you go, because I've done a lot of talking. So... My favorite's gotta be Jason Aaron's God Butcher slash God Bomb with, you know, Gore the God Butcher, the first one, issues one through 11. Um, it's just awesome. I love Gore. He's awesome. Um, with the, I mean, I like him more now that they kind of retcon the, the sword being into the Necro Sword, which is kind of a symbiote from Null and all that kind of stuff. That's cool to me. Um, I just like, I don't know. I thought it was a really cool idea that it was like, all right, these gods are these really strong people. They're, or, gods they you know kind of you call them in for the thor comes in for like big threats like he's a he's a hard hitter and then there's all these gods in in, in the universe and gore's just taking them out like nothing yeah. like there's nothing they can even do it's well, doesn't, like doesn't it tie into his whole like 
my family or my other people were killed by God, so I'm taking everything it was back, like, like a revenge thing. That's he what I was like, and that's what they're doing for the so movie his, as well. His people were very religious, mm-hmm. and they oh, were they like, followed a false god. That's what it was. Yeah, it was like, all, and they were like, fall, and like they were always like, all right, you don't have food, pray. Like we're walking, we need water, we need somewhere to live, pray. And they were like, mm. the gods will provide, and they never did. And like his wife died, and his mom got killed, and his kids died, and then he like. Two gods, I think this became like it was the all black, and then maybe I forgot who the golden one was, mm-hmm. die and fall to the ground. And he finds the necro sword and which kind ties of, to null, yeah. <laughs> which at the time it wasn't the necro sword, but it is now. Yeah. <laughs> cool, good stuff. <laughs> and basically, he goes on a crusade against all of the gods because you know he was always, it was always, uh respect the gods, look up to the gods they'll, they'll give to you, and he felt scorned and almost betrayed by them because he had lost everything despite doing everything he was told to do. So, he kind of believes that the gods really don't have a purpose, and there's no reason for them. All they do, they kind of do is take. So, he's trying to bring in an age of man by destroying all the gods. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, he makes a giant bomb. Yeah, we're gonna kill all the gods. Yeah, he's like, this is taking too long. So he finds <laughs> this is taking too long. I'm killing him too slow. Yeah, and he find and he was like, I like doing it. And then there's he finds this one god, the god of bombs. The sure. shark makes and sense. We don't find that out till a little bit later in the, in the issues. He says he's like the god of a bunch of things. Like I don't know. Like I don't. This, I, this is definitely not what it was, but it was like cotton candy and unicorns, things like yeah. that. And then that guy basically was like begging him because he he was just making him like watch him kill all the other gods in front mm. of him. And he was like, please let me do it like fat, like do it fast. So he gets the like, he gets him over. <laughs> he gets him to design a bomb to kill mm-hmm. all the gods, and then all the gods are on this planet, like out in the sure. art, like the <laughs> vast reaches of the universe. And he's basically using them as slaves to build this bomb. So he's basically making Yeah, you build all your own destruction. Them. Yeah, and it's like gods throughout like time. So mm-hmm. there's three Thors fighting them. There's That's really Thor cool. all the way in the future, Thor kind of our current Thor, and then Thor all the way back from like when he was with Vikings, like yeah. part of it opens when he's like fighting with Vikings and things like that, like back in like 600. Yeah. And then, you know, our current Thor. And then, yeah, he finds even like his granddaughters. Um, mm. and then, they're in King Thor as well. Yeah. So yeah, he find they, they all fight together to kind of stop Gore. And then it ends up Gore has another son, which I don't remember. His wife was like, not like a clone, but it wasn't like a, she wasn't like real. <laughs> okay. Sounds yeah, and then but the the the, the sun kind of helps the Thors kill him. Interesting. Then... Like for like a Thane Thanos thing. Where Thane yeah. is like half Thanos kid, but also like fuck this guy, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, and then Thor ends up taking the all the, the Necrosword, the all black kind of, and then you know, killing uh Gore with it. Well spoilers and... for the movie, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well the the sun the sun um he ends up the song's probably them. not going to be in the movie. Yeah, but he ends what up, it looks like it's just going to be just Gore. Thor, Jane Foster, his crew of Valkyrie and Korg, and then yeah. Christian Bale, yeah. <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah, in the book, Gore's son ends up turning on him because he kills his mother because <gasps> oh, yeah. she's not she called one? him a god. <laughs> uh, because oh, she was like, god. you're my god because oh. you're doing this. And he was like, don't ever call me that and killed her. Man, that's a crisis of character right yeah. there. Crisis of faith. Yeah, it's like you're the god of like killing God. Man, and they were, I haven't read this in so long. I it's go good. Back. I'm glad they released the eleven issues. I mean, yeah. I know Gore's story continues in the annual, so it sucks that I don't yeah. think it's in there. I don't think it's in there either. But it's cool that they got the first eleven or so issues of Thor as the God Butcher saga just in time for the movie, which is yeah. why we're talking about it. Yeah. But it's very cool. I can't wait for the movie, man. I can't either. Like, I'm excited. Like this is like 
I know you've seen all the Marvel movies, or at least 90% of them. Yeah. But this is like the first Marvel movie you get to see from a story that you read. Yeah. From one of your favorite stories, too, yes. at least. So it's really cool that you get to experience that. Because I've seen, like, The Winter Soldier adapted, and that was one of my favorites. And I was like, that's really cool. And I've seen... And Doctor Strange's original movie was a little loosely adapted from, like, his Oath in the Year One story, or Season One, or whatever it was called. But, you know, obviously some of the Everything else storylines have been retroactively. Like, yeah, they're either retroactively read, or you got to read this as it was happening. Same yeah. with Jane Foster. Yeah. So that's really cool for fans who have been started reading Yeah, when they relaunched for the Marvel, for the Yeah, I mean, movie. I started reading because of the movies, I'll admit it. It's <laughs> Everybody has, yeah. yeah. And I, I, it was a mix of both for me. My dad yeah. was big into comics. I've talked about it on the show before. So I've had comics all my life. But then when 2012 DC Rebirth and then 2013 yeah. slash 20, end of 2012's Marvel Now. So when I was given all number ones, how you were given the Venom number one, you just yep. jump into it, not expecting it. I was reading mostly Spider-Man and like Captain America, like when John Romita was doing yeah. it and he fought Dr. Mind Bubble. We don't talk about it. <laughs> Dr. Mind Bubble. It was weird. The Iron Nail, which sucked away his super soldier serum and made him tight and made him an old man. And then we don't talk about it. But it was old man Captain America. I mean, that's where old man Captain America started becoming popular. And then Sam took over. And then that was their all new, all different 2014. So, you know, it's cool seeing these stories adapted. Now, like I got to read when Sam Wilson became Captain America. So seeing Falcon and the Winter Soldier was awesome. It was mind blowing. I was like, oh, I can't believe they just turned Anthony Mackie into the Captain America. Anthony Mackie was petitioning to be Black Panther for the longest time. And then he was cast as Falcon, and he was like, Falcon's cool. Not Black Panther, but Falcon's cool. But now he's Captain America. Can you yeah. believe that? Imagine yeah. wanting to be Black Panther and then becoming Captain America. It's <laughs> nuts. It's nuts. So, very good, cool yeah. stuff from comic books. that you know, wish fulfillment for actors and readers alike, where it's just like... You, know, you want to be this character, yeah, and then they become a better character. You want to read this character, and they become a better character, or they adapt the story. I couldn't imagine being like, like say I was Thor yeah. in it. Like if I was Chris Hem Chris Hemsworth, and I, they were like, yeah, after reading like Thor books and being like, yeah, you're Thor now. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, because uh, Chris Hemsworth said it was a kid. He was into Marvel. He wasn't yeah. huge into it until he started playing the character, obviously. Mm -hmm. But that's when Thor got really popular as well. Yeah. Besides the Walt Simonson stuff, 2011, obviously, when they launched all those books, is when he started getting more popular. Yeah. Besides being in all the Avengers books. So, yeah. Uh, my favorite story for Thor, uh, the Jason Aaron run in general, like, God, Girl the God Butcher was cool. I haven't read it in a while, so I don't really... Like, you recapped it very nicely, yeah. at least to my knowledge. I don't know if you missed anything <laughs> small... But my favorite stuff is probably like War of the Realms, where they were just yeah, introducing like, like this huge. I love what Thor is fighting world-ending events. Yes, because even though he is one of the strongest characters, he can still get knocked down easily by some of his villains. And I know they power scale the villains to make them fight the heroes because you can't have Iron Man fight Gore the God Butcher because like he's killing gods. Like, suit like <laughs> he's killing gods. He can just flick you and you're dead. Yeah. Which is why like Venom fights the God of Symbiotes, and it's, he's still way overpowered for Venom. But they eventually try him. I mean, Venom's the god of symbiotes. Spoilers if you haven't read it. It's only been a year and a half, I think, for King of Black. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I really liked a lot of the Thor stuff. Um, I do like Beta Ray Bill, the Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. I know it's not Thor, but it's good. Yeah, Please Beta read it. I keep telling everybody to read it though. Yeah. And then um the Walt Simonson run, as much as I've only read like I want to say half of it or ten issues, mm -hmm. it's still really good and it's peak Thor. Yeah. It does have his classic costume, which you don't like. 
But it is still I like... It. It's just not my favorite. No, I get it. And a, a lot of the Thor costumes nowadays are really cool. I really like yeah. the Jason Aaron one where it was a little bit more of like the 2011 one, but with yeah. the sleeves. Mm-hmm. I think Thor showing off his muscles works a lot more. Yeah. They took that from the Ultimate Comics version where they had the Ultimate and this, then that one fused into the 2012 one. Yes. Very cool. There is a story arc that I'll highlight real quick that I thought was really crazy. Please go away. That was really crazy. It was back in the Thor Jane Foster run. I want to say 2015. Back when Legacy was happening, they did a story called the War God of uh, Thor God of War, I believe. So, obviously, with the merging of the universes from Secret Wars, things would bleed in. Miles Morales and all of his characters bled in, as well as the Maker, and I think one or two other things. But one of the biggest things to bleed over from the Ultimate Universe into the Marvel Universe was Thor's hammer, the one with the axe blade and the yeah. the, the Mjolnir front. Yep. It crashed somewhere in the Marvel Universe. I forget exactly where. But Volstag picks it up, okay. one of the one of the Warriors three, yeah. and he becomes the War Thor. But the hammer corrupts your mind; it makes you crazy, and only bloodlusty war like crazy. Yeah. So Volstag, being the happy-go-lucky, you know, <laughs> eats everything, yeah. destroys yeah. shit, is buff as shit, big still. jolly, big, jolly big North, San- North yeah. Santa Claus, exactly North Santa Claus. Him getting, because he would pick up the hammer, he'd still be a little chubby, but he was like yeah. extra ripped as yeah. opposed to his normal amount of ripped. And he was going crazy. I think he was fighting, not Surtur, but like Surtur's wife or Surtur's cousin or another god of lava or whatever Pele is, the Hawaiian goddess. Yeah. I don't think it was her though, but it was some form of like yeah, evil demony lava woman. And he was yeah. going to town. And Jane Foster was like, Oh. You can't keep killing things, dude. What happened? Like, what are you doing? So they had a cool little fight in like a storm of lava and wind. It was so cool. Yeah. Go back and read that if you haven't. If you read all Jason Aaron's one, you've seen it at some point, but it's been too long. But yeah, the, the God of War arc or the Thor God of Hammer, whatever the, the, the War Thor was, was really good. I recommend checking that out. To read up for the movie, Core the God Butcher, yep. the Mighty Thor. Yep. That's all you need. Because... Obviously, that's the villain and Jane Foster. They I don't believe they really interacted too much because I think Gore was dead, or at least yeah. a version of Gore was dead before Jane Foster took over. But I know they loosely talked about it in his run because it was one big epic. So yeah, go read the Gore the God Butcher saga and go read the Mighty Thor from 2014 and 2015. Not all of it's going to be adapted, obviously, because they're not going to do the God of War hammer yeah. thing. But they'll do something loosely well, based I mean, off. You haven't of, seen the movie. <laughs> I've seen a review. <laughs> I watched. I read a review the other day. No spoilers in the review. They talked about exactly what I thought. Okay. Gore's revenge story on how his family and stuff was killed. That's why he wants to kill gods. Yeah. And then Jane Foster, they confirmed having cancer, but also, like, no shit. I just want to see how they relate it back to them not being together. Did she break up with Thor because she got cancer and didn't want to deal with him trying to use his god powers to mm. fix her and she wanted to just live her life and not be some experiment because of what happened in Dark World where she yeah. was an experiment because yes. she had the ether the in or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was called. Or did the ether give her some form of yeah. like celestial cancer or something? Yeah. So I really want to see how they kind of adapt that story into the greater Marvel canon. Yeah. I hear that it is very much a Taika movie though. Which so is, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it as well as well as he does humor and cinematography, some of his serious moments are downplayed by certain comedy aspects. Yeah, I, like I like Taika Waititi. Um, I do. Jojo Rabbit's fantastic. Yeah, I like Jojo Rabbit. I like Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned with kind of how heavy like Jane Foster having cancer can be, and it and be, then how many jokes they're gonna crack about yeah. it. Like, yeah, that's the problem. That's why I yeah. feel like it's gonna like. Ooh. So, um, we'll have to see how delicately it plays. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, cancer, you can make cancer, you can put cancer in a light way. You obviously don't, like, make fun of it or make people, a lot of people who right. have it, but if you know your audience, you can play a joke or two that works well enough to not insult people, but also to kind of add brevity to it. Then again, this is the same guy who played Hitler. Legendary Hitler. Yeah, and didn't he, didn't he win an Oscar for that? <laughs> yeah, so... so. Yeah, so Taika's track record is crazy, and uh, he can definitely use some. We'll see darker times. He has used some darker. His Mandalorian episode was the yeah. one of the darker ones. Thor Ragnarok had its dark moments, sure. but James and Anthony complain more so that while it was funny, sure, and it had its moments, it still kind of made too much fun of the dark moments yeah. to where it made them feel not as dark. Yeah, like Odin dying is a touching scene. Thor losing his hammer, his other like yeah. high to his home, him losing his entire home. Yeah. Sure, it sucks. But then they're cracking jokes about Thor's ass cheeks. <laughs> like, alright, sure. And then Thor goes onto the uh, Quinjet and he's like, strongest Avenger. <laughs> and then he goes, point break. Like, cool, that's funny, those are callbacks, but... yeah. Shouldn't he be... Like, Thor found out he has a secret sister who was tormented by his father. His father just died in front of him. His brother is going to be killed soon. He doesn't know that, but he's going to be killed. Yeah. His whole his home is destroyed, as well as his three friends. Yeah. His hammer's gone. Yeah, his like, hammer's gone. That's, his, that's Jonathan, his boy. Well, yeah, I was like, Korg said something. Like, yeah. it was, like, almost equivalent to losing a loved one. Yeah, and it's like, oh, man. Like, I know in hindsight, they fixed it in, in Infinity yeah. War loosely in Endgame. And obviously this one will touch more on it as well. Him trying to find his place again after being Fat Thor, finding his resurgence back in Endgame. But I'm excited to see where they're going to take it. I'm excited for the goats. The goats, yeah, yeah man. I'm the excited goats. for the goats, which I don't know if this is true, but I heard Taika Waititi kind of put him in there to mess with James Gunn because he was like, what are you going to do with him now in Guardians? He said, you have to do something with him. <laughs> you got to mention I, the goats. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I heard, I don't know how true that is, but They're working together funny. to do the movies because originally yeah. when the slate came out, Guardians 3 was supposed to come out first. Guardians 3 was going to come out and Thor was going to be in it. That's why yeah. Thor at the end of Endgame leaves with the Guardians. Yep. But then James Gunn got fired for yeah, some 10 to 15 year old tweets. Yeah. And then he went on to do the Suicide Squad and people stopped caring about the Time tweets because he's, he's a different person yes. now. I'll defend him enough, but obviously I'm not going to defend him fully because those tweets were pretty bad. Yeah. But, you know, different people. You age. It was 15 years ago. At this, yeah. at this point now, it's 15 years ago. At that point, it was 10. So then they ended up moving Guardians of the Galaxy back after rehiring him. So now they had to fix the timeline. So now Thor has the Guardians in his movie instead of vice versa. Yes. So they're only going to be in it for a little bit. And then they're going to, you know, bounce off to go save Gamora or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I'm excited for the goats. Yeah, like, the goats are going to be tight. Yeah. <laughs> if you know about the goats. They're in the, the trailers. And there's also in the, they're the Lego sets. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last little bit before we close out the show. We got book reviews. So, I'll do my book review to give Cam kind of an insight on what we do before sure. he does his. That'll be fun. One of the first guest reviews. I think Sabrina did one, but I'm not positive. <laughs> so, my book is from Aftershock. It's written by Ed Brisson with art by Gavin Goodry. It is There's Something Wrong with Patrick Todd. It opens up with a, who you find out later is a pervert. He's robbing a bank and asking them to put the money in specific bags. And, obviously, you know, you walk out and... Die happens and it explodes in the bag. And he's like, oh, you son of a bitch. I was told you not to do it. Cuts to this kid using mind control behind a trash can, looking to get money for what is revealed to be his sick mother. But we don't know what she has. Potentially okay. Alzheimer's. It looks okay. like she can't remember things or speak. Some sort of. So it's some, some dementia or Alzheimer's, something yeah. like that. But he uses his powers to trick people that have criminal records, whether they're 
perverts or pedophiles or guys who do petty crimes or even, you know, arson or something. Yeah. And after he makes them steal, he always sends them back to uh, confess their crimes and hand in their half of the money that they stole. Because he keeps half for himself and half for them, but then he returns it because it's got all the ink in it. So he sends the kids back, and that's when he visits... Oh, not the kids. He sends the... um, Criminals. The, the criminals back to yep. the police department, and then he visits his mom. And the police got the, the 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 police is like, "Have you seen any of these people?" He's talking to um, I believe his name is, oh man, what's his name, Glenn. He's the police officer's talking to Glenn, and he's like, "Do you know any of these people? They've all did literally the same crime you did: rob a bank, <laughs> deliver half back, stash the other half, and then confess all of your crimes, and also this one. But this one seems to be different because his crimes are a lot worse than like." Yeah petty theft this yeah. is like bad bad perfect <laughs> Some stuff. bad stuff bad perfect stuff anyway after he starts to so the kid patrick todd i would assume okay. um gives out he, he tells them like you know forget my face forget who i am kind of instilling like a mind control thing yeah and this guy slowly starts to remember like he's like oh he saw the tip of my tongue i can't remember it and then it looks like he dies it's unconfirmed okay. but it looks like he's dying and because I guess it's fucking with his brain and he's yeah. like giving himself a super aneurysm. Yeah. I would assume from like whatever Almost loose like powers this kid is. Exactly. Overloading his senses. his brain, something yeah. like that. So uh, we see Patrick looking up neuroscientists in Halifax, which I guess is where he came from to where he got his powers. It's still unclear. It's still issue one. But then he gets uh, attacked by these robbers who are looking for the money. Who kind of know he has the powers, I guess, because the only way they'd find him in the money if they connected the dots. And then it cuts to some spoilery territory where someone is coming to get him and doing some bad stuff. <laughs> so I'm excited to see where it goes. He, the, the bad guy calls himself Zeus. So maybe he's tying himself to this deity type character to where he'd call Patrick Loki because he's tricking people or like an enchanter and he's going to kill the false prophets. Or he's just some crazy guy that escaped the hospital and sees this kid and goes, let's get him. So we don't know yet. It's just issue one, but Ed Brisson always delivers a nice story, and Gavin Gudriard is fantastic. If I'm giving this book a score, I'd give it about a four and a half. There's still not enough details about certain characters. I understand playing a longer game, especially when you're doing a miniseries and you have only five, four to five issues, so you want to give all your story bits out piece by piece. But just telling us this kid has powers and then just going... Good luck. Kind of rubs me the wrong way. Mm. But at least it's not heavy-handed on, like, an explanation either. That's yeah. a double-edged sword. Because it can always go, like, here's an explanation on what his powers are like. And it's, like, four pages of, like, okay, you could have just told me <laughs> this in one panel. Yeah. But, you know, when it seems to be sorely lacking or the context clues are, like, one tiny panel, it's hard to kind of... So I'm giving it, like, a four and a half, like a four, four and a half. It's a good book. It's a good read. It's fast-paced as well. Yeah. And the art is clean and the colors are great. Awesome. So I definitely say check it out. Cam, what would you read? So I read Starhenge. It's a uh, book one, The Dragon and the Boar, and it's published by Image. It is written, illustrated, and lettered by Liam Sharp. Oh, so you know you're in for a treat. Yeah. So th- this book is a li- it's a little bit of a, a-, a mind bender here. So you it- it- start out and you're you're in a-, a bit of a it starts with a prologue about kind of setting up the the world with you know some robots, some magic, some space things going on. And then, and then it cuts to kind of a whole, like, two pages of, like, space kind of set next to, like, an old-timey fantasy kind of world. And then a guy hunting a deer. Um, 
eventually, and either he is the deer, or the deer turns into a man. <laughs> That's some mind-bending um, stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he is the one who's hunted, and he comes and finds someone um, who kills him. Oh, he's man. not kind. And then the hunter comes, has become the hunted. And yes. And he is drowned and dies. Oh, man. And then it... Liam Sharp is this like... This is all back in, like, fantasy time, like, way back in the day. The metaphors are strong. Yeah. <laughs> Symbolism. So then we, we cut back from where they're fighting with swords and spears. We cut to space. So, yeah, they yep, we're flying out in the atmosphere of some planet with a very futuristic-looking spaceship. And it kind of explains the kind of the space world we're in now with some, like, robots that were designed to look like humans, but they really kind of just are pretty horrific looking. They're just wearing, like, kind of human skin-looking face covers, and they look like almost robot skeleton Terminator mm -hmm. things. So it kind of explains all that. And then it cuts to almost present day with a girl who is very much into, like, witchcraft and, the a lot of cuts and things like that. Yeah, there's, there's, it seems like there's kind of, like, three timelines going on. a lot of world on. building. Yeah, like a present day, a back, like, past, and then the future in space. And so it cuts to the present day. There's this girl. She's really into, like, witchcraft and the occult and things like that. And her boyfriend is, like, a big uh, high school football player. Is he a naysayer? College. Is he a naysayer to these witchcraft stuff, or is he just uh, like he's pretty with supportive? It? He's that's a good. pretty supportive guy. He, he doesn't get it, but he's like, you know what? It's your thing. If that's you, I like you. That's your thing. I like that. That's too. real cool. Very modern. Yeah, he's a cool hip. guy. He's yeah, a cool guy. I, I'm concerned for his safety, but <laughs> I hope he makes it through the series. He seems like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's she hard to get supportive boyfriend in comic books. It usually <laughs> stays, means they're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, so they're talking about kind of these occult things, and I think she's going back to England or going to England, and they're talking about you know visiting, and they are from uh, I think it's Contra Costa County in okay. California or something, and they're like Mount Diablo, and they were talking about like the devil and things like okay. that. Um, so and then it cuts to back to space. <laughs> space. And it explains, like, how magic was the one thing missing from, like, Einstein's equations about, like, space and things like that. And fix math. Yeah. <laughs> and how there's these, the robots from before, the robot-looking people, are kind of in a war, and the, the, the key part they're missing is magic. Oh, like Terminators. And there's, like, a queen of the robots, and her son is basically, you know... The stuck-up kind of rich kid kind of guy that's, like, in the war, but, like, he's not, you know, taking it super serious. He, as mm. they say, gets distracted. Um, okay. If you should pick up the book. You will. You'll know what he means by that. <laughs> um, you also told me before when you were reading it, there's a lot of curse words in here. Like, there is. Drop them. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> and towards the end of the book, it kind of falls off. The beginning of the book, yeah. It's, it's pretty... It's pretty much like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa. Okay. But, yeah, it's not... It's pretty good. And then... Yeah, we're talking about space, and eventually we cut back to, like, the, the rich space alien robot guy's yeah. mother. And Before you spoil too much, you know. We, we need to, she we need sends to him on a mission somewhere, mm -hmm. which will then kind of tie everything back together, it seems. Okay. And then his name is kind of revealed, which kind of makes things make sense. Okay, very cool, um, very cool. To know more, you'll have to pick up the book, which I definitely recommend. Yeah, man. Starhenge, yes. number one. What would you give it out of five, my guy? Out of five? You can be honest. You know, I would say about a four. About, about a four. four. I think a it definitely confusing. <laughs> I think it could definitely become very good. I think it, like, it's setting up a lot of things that it would need to pay off. Um, but yeah, I think the concept's cool. 
Um, I think it's going to mix some of, like, that really, like, futuristic space tech stuff with some, like, magic kind of occult stuff. And I think the art's cool. I like the art. It's kind of got this, like, contrast thing going on. Yeah, Lane Sharp's like, really good with that. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Um, but yeah, I'd say about a four. Um, if, if it starts setting up some more stuff, I think it could definitely go up. But as that one book sits right now, I'd say a four. That's good. Out of five. That's good. Yeah, Liam Sharp has had, like, a weird track record. Not with his books being bad. Just with him getting paired up with, like, a poor anchor, for example. Yeah. Or just him getting too muddled in his own metaphorical stuff. I've heard yeah. a couple of his books prior were a little rocky. But you're saying this one's good. I was checking it out before, even before I just took it away from you and put yeah. it on the shelf. It looks good. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of Sharp. So, that's really cool. Let's talk about our... Store pick of the week, Black Adam, the Justice Society, Secret Files, Hawkman number one, a series of one-shots that ties into the movie, giving further backstory, because they probably won't touch too much on it since it's a Black Adam movie, on the Justice Society, with the backup story about, um, uh, what's his face, Black Adam's family. Yep. So it opens up in somewhat present day, I don't know exactly when the Justice Society will take place, like yeah. the Black Adam movie. But it's written by Kavan Scott with art by Scott Eaton. So it's a Hawkman story through and through. It's this version of Carter, which is, um, oh God, what's, um, what's, the, what's the actor's name? Hodgins, something Hodgins. Oh, or Hodgman. Um, Alan Hodges? Either way, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, he's doing what um, Hawkman does, and he's kind of like pseudo-Indiana Jones, but with a power suit, and he gets reincarnated. Yeah. I was telling you about it the other day. Yes. Yeah. And he's at an art auction, and he's looking at the Black Adam slash Shazam symbol, and then the art auction gets it. Um, he's also looking at the Nymph Metal, which is a big Hawkman thing. It's like mm. the power. It's like from his similar to Krypton, like it's from his world. It, yeah, like it's what his suit is. It like could be used for super powerful weapons. Gotcha. They use it in Dark Knight's Metal. That's like a big piece of it too. The Nymph Metal, NTH, kind of like Beskar in a way. It's very similar, yes. But I think more God destroying stuff instead right, of just better. Like, it can pierce making the hardest metal. Stuff. Yeah. So, um, a piece of the Nymph Metal and the Shazam slash Black Adam bulk gets stolen, and Carter is tasked with retrieving it from these peddlers. He suits up into his Hawkman stuff. It's a very action-heavy book. Yeah. He then jumps in to uh, fight this guy, and he ends up killing him by accident, mostly because the guy crashes into a building and blows up. But he ends up saving him anyway, and it turns out he's like a demony ghost guy i believe it's the gentleman ghost if i'm not mistaken it looks like it's a mix of both because the gentleman ghost i don't know too much about but that's obviously the gentleman ghost from dc comics yeah but i don't know if gentleman ghost can turn into like a ghoul of sorts so i don't know if they're mixing up some characters or if it's just a cheeky nod to the gentleman ghost design yeah so it's a cool little story with um Obviously setting up the Justice Society, and it even teases Dr. Fate, who seems to be one of the through lines. His story comes out in October, which is the last one out of all of them, with Cyclone in August and Adam Smasher in September with the through line of um, Black Adam story yep. back, the backup. So Dr. Fate seems to be recruiting, Pierce Brosnan seems to be recruiting all these new heroes to fight in this upcoming battle before the storm happens. So Carter finishes up beating up presumably the Gentleman Ghost, and uh, then he gets contacted by Dr. Fate, and that's where we'll leave it for now. Yeah. Obviously, we'll maybe get some in the Dr. Fate, or obviously in the movie, which comes out late November, or early November. I think it's the 10th. That's not which crazy is, 
Doctor, not Doctor Fate. Uh, Black Adam comes out, and then a month later, Shazam Two comes out. <laughs> they, they they ended up moving up the Shazam release date. Do you think to coincide with it? Shazam's going to be mentioned in Black Adam. They kind of have to. It's the same I symbol. So. Yeah, I mean, I've, especially if it takes some... place. If it takes place in modern day, yeah. Shazam has been present. He's been on yeah. TV before. They'll be like Shazam. <laughs> but if it takes place like in the '80s, and then the end credits, it jumps Black Adam, The Rock to the future. Yeah. Not jumping into the future like he gets transported there, but like, but like he, he's an immortal or something. He waits till the and then he sees Shazam and Shazam's like, "There's another one." Yeah. Or it cuts to them sitting on their chairs and then there's a seventh seat missing, which is Black Adam's chair usually, which I think happens in either the comics or at the end of the movie, the first Shazam. I haven't seen it in a while. Right? We have the backup story is written by Brian Q. Miller with art by Marco Santucci. It is just Black Adam story, yeah. and then he does the Rock thing. He does do the he, rock. He does the, the people's eyebrow. Whenever. The people's eyebrow. <laughs> he does what I think it's what it's called, right? The people's eyebrow. I mean, there's the people's elbow, which is something <laughs> completely <laughs> different. Is that his move? <laughs> What's his eyebrow thing called? I don't know. Uh, I did the rock eyebrow. <laughs> now I have to look up who who the people's elbow is. Uh, I think I know, but I don't want to say it. The rock right. elbow uh, eyebrow eyebrow move. What is this? It's just. It's just the rock eyebrow raise. There's no name for it. How's nobody named it? The, I like the people's uh, the, the people's, people's eyebrow. The people's eyebrow is pretty funny, right? Oh, the, the rock might be the people's elbow. I, I could, so yeah, if it's the I people's been, elbow, I was, this is the people's eyebrow. I was thinking Jack Swagger for some reason or John Cena, but it mm. might be the rock. Well, if it is the rock and it's the people's eyebrow, yeah, and no one it. said that before, you're welcome WWE. That's copyright. Use that. Yeah, we got it. We got <laughs> it. Oh, all right. Definitely check it out. If not, to tie into the movie, check it out for the people's eyebrow. Yeah. Because it's hilarious. I yeah. sent it to my friends already, and they're Honestly, like... it's worth it. They're like, just this for is that. so good. <laughs> just, huh? <laughs> so good. But you know, the art's really good by Scott Eaton and Santucci. Yeah. And it tells a cool story, because, like, this Hawkman, obviously, not because he's black, but his armor is very different, and it seems like he doesn't hail from... Um, oh, my God. Where do they come from? Thanagar. Doesn't seem like he hails from Thanagar. I know some of the reincarnations don't always remember that they are an alien. Yeah. But... Hawkman is really weird to get a grasp of. The Dan Abnett run that came out for Rebirth, I believe it's like 16 to 20-something issues. That's really good. If you want to get into Hawkman, get into that run, the Dan Abnett run. Otherwise, read some of the old stuff, because Hawkman doesn't really appear too much in things that aren't like Justice League books. Yeah. Similar to, he's like the Thor. He doesn't have God powers, but he has some powers in general. Yeah. So he's like the Thor of the group. He's always he's in these wings books. on his head. He's got wings on his head, exactly. The <laughs> wings on his head thing. All right. Blunt object. That's it. Oh, what do you? What, what would you give this? Uh, I would say it's probably three point eight. Three point eight. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how deep we get. We I usually think... cut it to point fives or even I'm, numbers. I'll, but... I'll send it up to a four. I'll send okay, it up to, so I think it was about the same. Yeah. But very different than Star. They were both yeah. about. You don't got to compare it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, I would definitely agree with you. It's about a four, three and a half, because it ties too heavily into the movie. Obviously, it's a movie tie-in. It gives you enough information about Hawkman, but I think they're going to save most of his backstory for the movie because we don't know exactly what the movie's going to do. Because with yeah. Hawkman's powers of kind of powers of resurrection, are they going to have Black Adam fight a Hawkman when he's alive in Kondok, or are we going to see one? Because they're around the same time. Hawkman's usually Egyptian, so it would be cool if they like tie it together that way, and yeah. then a new Hawkman shows up and Black Adam's like, oh, I knew one of you and I killed you before or something like that. So they might be saving some of the Hawkman origin. I'd like to see how the Adam Smasher, the Cyclone, and the Dr. Fate books work yeah. because while Hawkman and Dr. Fate have more of a prominence in the DC, the wider DC world, mm -hmm. 
Adam Smasher and Cyclone haven't really been in many books. They're usually in society books only. And Adam Smasher hasn't been super duper relevant besides being in like two episodes of The Flash okay. for years. He's been in books. <laughs> like I think he was in uh, Heroes in Crisis briefly, okay. but he wasn't like a main character. And then Cyclone, I haven't even heard of prior to this. I've seen the design, yeah. but I haven't heard of this character th properly. Yeah. So it's going to be cool to see the movie. Yeah, definitely. And the book's pretty good. So it's definitely a good time to check out. It's got the backup story for Black Adam if you're a Black Adam fan. Yep. And if you're getting ready for this movie, pick up these one-shots that come out yeah. in the next couple months. So. Definitely. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. You can head over to the website, androidscomics.com, to check out this week's previews and new releases. You can follow us on Instagram at androids underscore comics and the podcast Instagram at androids amazing podcast. You can follow the Twitter at androids amazing for up-to-date news. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. Support your local comic book shops, and have a nice day! You did it! I did it. Yay!